Missy D. She's so talented, you know. Mm -hmm. Here we are again then, another version of the Journal of Missy D 3.0. I don't know why, but I feel like I haven't talked to you for ages, but it's only probably been a week, right? Yeah, it's been a week and so much has happened in a week. I went away uh, to a weekend away for Jitsi's birthday, who is my bestie, as you know. And uh, we went to Shrewsbury, darling, Shrewsbury. Uh, and originally we was due to go to Amsterdam to get the marijuana. Yes. <laughs> Because I've told you the story about going to the dam and God damn me, I went there and I felt like I'd been healed by the hands of God, honestly, because um, I, it, I, just in case you haven't heard the podcast, when I went to the, Amst the Amsterdam, when I went to the dam on my 50th birthday, long story short, I, I can't smoke because obviously I've got damaged lungs, but I took um, a thing called a volcano. I didn't take it, but it was in the shops. In the cafe, sorry, this cafe, isn't it, darling? Uh, in the cafes, they offer you something called a volcano. And it's like a uh, a big bag that goes on a machine. Uh, so they put the marijuana at the bottom and they steam the bag. So it blows up like a balloon. Uh, so the marijuana vape is in this in this balloon, but it's not like a vape. Um, because I, even if I tried to even vape, I couldn't do it. My lungs uh, couldn't handle it. But this vape is kind of like you push a button and it's kind of like a steam kind of thing that you just allow to slowly enter your lungs. <laughs> and truly, honestly, when I had that and I came out of the cafe after the first balloon on the first night, <laughs> firstly, I had the most craziest giggles ever, ever, ever. <laughs> I've already gone through that one, um, which I wasn't expecting, really. I didn't think I'd get the giggles, but my God, my God. <laughs> To the point of where I could have peed my pants. It was that bad. Uh, and then the walking. Oh, my God. So I walked upstairs. I walked in front of the girls. They were like, what's going on, Missy? Like, you are going further and quicker than we are. Um, and I didn't actually realise until it was happening. Uh, so marijuana has a really, really uh, good effect on me. So not that I've ever been able to find it after that. So uh, I've already bought a volcano machine. Um, I'm one of those people, right? When I see something, I want it. So I came back going, right, I want Volcano Machine. It wasn't cheap. I think it was about 250 quid. And I went all over the shop asking so many people, have you got any weed? Have you got something that I can use with this machine? And I tried three or four different variations. And all of them were like muddy washing water. They tasted of dirty socks. And it just didn't have that effect. It just made me feel sick. The marijuana you get in... In countries like Amsterdam, like California, they are organically grown in proper 
certified farms, so they have no need to mix it or or, or mess with it. And it it was so fresh. It, it kind of tastes limey, zingy, lemony. It, it was really nice. I mean, overall, the smell and taste of marijuana is not my jam. It's not my kind of thing. I, medicinally is why I took it on my 50th birthday. And that is why we, myself, Jits and her sisters and family and friends, we all wanted to go to Amsterdam again. But um, because my lungs don't allow me to fly, well, we don't know that yet. My lungs have improved a lot. They have. So I'm walking around the house a lot more without oxygen. Um, I used to order my oxygen every two days. So just to explain, because a friend of mine was asking the other day, how does your oxygen work? So basically I'm with the NHS, right? So I have an oxygen team. Uh, the oxygen team, they assess my lungs every six months to see how much litre flow of oxygen that I need, whether I need home oxygen. Remember I got in the home oxygen and that would have been for life, but I got rid of that thanks to the healing and the EFT that I was doing at that point. So at the moment I still do need oxygen because my oxygen levels do drop if I walk a lot up up and down stairs or I feel a bit wobbly sometimes my lungs like four days on a truck and go yeah 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 I'm sorted and then a day later they can go boom and I will need oxygen all day so it's a bit touch and go but overall this oxygen the oxygen team they they then contact a company called Baywater Oxygen who are uh, they don't charge me the NHS pays for it and they deliver oxygen to me now, when I was on my bad days, I would order oxygen sometimes on a daily basis. Sometimes it was kind of averagely every other day and I had 12 cylinders. So I'd be using probably averagely four or five cylinders a day and they would last about two hours. Right. So the oxygen, I knew every single oxygen person that would come with the van. Now I, I order oxygen maybe once a week, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember the last time I ordered it now. It was probably about, oh, it was the day, the Friday before I was going to go Shrewsbury. So we're on a Wednesday now and I've still got about uh, eight canisters left in the box downstairs. So I don't really need to order any yet. So that's kind of giving you an indication of how well my oxygen is at the moment. Uh, so I'm not saying I'm off oxygen, but I'm uh, I'm doing better with oxygen. A doctor would probably say you need to keep it on all the time because you could damage your lungs. But I don't believe that because I believe I'm healing myself. Um, so I I can't say I can't fly. It's difficult to fly because. Right. So, like I said, I do need oxygen, but not always. So say if I was going to go, we were going to fly from Birmingham International. I would need my oxygen to walk around the airport because it's so vast and so big. And then I would. I'd need to get a wheelchair from the, you know, from the main checking desks to the gate because that's uh, airports. I don't know why they make them like huge, huge football pitches, but they're just way too big. So uh, and not suitable for disabled people. So I'm not saying I'm disabled because I hate that label. I detest that label. I don't want don't want that label. I ain't going to tarp that label on my forehead because it's not for me. But the world still likes to call me disabled. So, uh, yeah, so I would need oxygen then. Obviously, I wouldn't need it in the wheelchair. But then you see, you can't take your oxygen cylinder on your back onto the plane because I, th I think it's something to do with insurance. So what you need to do then, if you do need oxygen on the plane, you need to contact the plane people 
and see if they will give you oxygen on the plane if they have supplementary oxygen for you right and nine times out of ten they don't which is i know is it's, it's shocking in it but yeah they don't uh, they say you have to provide your own oxygen now you can't take your own oxygen cylinder on the plane a because the company won't let you and b because i don't know uh, but that's what i've heard so what you got to do you get this kind of it's called ambul ambulatory machine it kind of sucks oxygen from the air and gives you oxygen and it's called imogen imogen three i think it's called which i had uh, and then for some stupid reason i wasn't using it for a while and when i went to the oxygen team they were like are you using it? i was like no they goes can we take it back I'm like, yeah, if you want it, because like, I don't use it. And then I discovered that I might need it for the plane. And I asked for it back and they was like, no, we can't give it to you because it's too much cost in the NHS. Fuck, I swear to God, I was so, I was so, so pissed off. But I'm going to try again when I go back again. So what they said is that you need to do a fit, fly, fit, fit to fly test. So that will tell me if I need oxygen in, in the air, um, and then, OK, fine. So say if I don't need it, that's fine. Then I can go on the plane and my oxygen levels won't drop and I won't go into kind of like I can't breathe. Man. <laughs> because that happened to me when I went to Shimla. So Shimla is a, a hill station on the top of a mountain somewhere. And it, it, it's um, what's it? What's it called when you go to the top of the mountain? Uh, O-R-E. It's called. When you go and your oxygen levels fall because you've gone on to the highest levels of air yeah i can't complete I, I, honestly i can't think of these things nowadays it's gone out of my head what's it called oh my god uh i don't know hold on let me check let me let me google this uh ah altitude altitude that's the one. So go when I go into altitude, up onto altitude, the higher I go, uh, my oxygen suffers. So when I went to Shimla, as soon, oh my God, it was like the worst drive ever. Actually, to be honest with you, <laughs> I was with fam family friends, yeah, and uh, there was me, there was mom, there was Breed, and there was Breed's mum. I think, was it somewhere? Oh, Bobby G, my Bobby G was with us as well, right? And um, Breed. Breed's friend invited us for lunch before we went on a big drive to Shimla. So we had jane, patura, gulab jamun, the lot and stuff. She was like, stuff yourselves, you know, have a good trip and stuff. I didn't really, I mean, I did realise, I, I did know that it was going up mountains and all that kind of business. But I thought by the time we get to the mountains, this would have digested anyway. So it took hours and hours to get to the top, top of Shimla. But as we kept going round around the mountain and higher and higher and higher up the altitude, I was like, stop the car! <laughs> and there I was, puking my guts out at the edge of a mountain somewhere. It was awful. So then uh, it took another two hours to get to the this beautiful hotel on the top of the mountain. And he literally was going really steeply high on the mountains right and i was like wahiguru, wahiguru, wahiguru. <laughs> uh, as soon as we got there i dropped out of the car and i was like <gasps> can't and the, the <laughs> it was quite late and the hotel staff you know how great they are in india standing there with garlands hello madam hello madam welcome to the shimla blah blah hotels in the 10 star resort of the blah 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 and you're like just fuck off get out of my fucking way <laughs> 
And I was like, <laughs> and that's what I kept doing. <laughs> Mum was like, what's the matter? I goes, can't <laughs> breathe. <laughs> and I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. I wasn't putting it on. Um, so emergency, the man got me oxygen from the hospital and it bought poor people, man. The, ho- the hospital was right at the bottom of the mountain. So it took him a couple of hours to get down to the bottom of the mountain to get the oxygen tanks back up to me which all cost an arm and a leg. I think it was 20 quid a tank. And I think I used about 10 of them. I can't remember how many I used. But my poor mum, she paid that bill when we left the hotel. So we had to check out the next day. I just about made it through the night, even at night. I was like, <laughs> and I had the oxygen machine on. Um, then the staff were called in the middle of the night because my mum was panicking. She's like, my daughter can't breathe. What do we do? There was like, she needs to be going get hospitalised. I was like, screw you lot. I'm not going to hospital. No way. No, Jose, no way. It's not happening. So then they suggested that we open up. We were right at the top of this hotel on the top of a mountain. And they suggested that we just open up all the doors you know, like um, the balcony doors. So let all the air in. My poor mum and my bubby were sleeping in that room as well. And uh, so that had to enjoy. Actually, it wasn't very cold at all. It was just like nice air. And that's when I calmed down. Um, but moving made my oxygen move a uh, drop. So really, the next day after breakfast, we had to um, check out. I know it was so sad. But as we drove down the mountain, down the mountain, and we got three quarters of the way down, and we were almost at sea level, land level. Uh, my oxygen was back to normal. See, I did India and Pakistan. This is the Indian Pakistan trip that I went to. I went on a Yatra. Uh, I think it was 2019. I think it was the year before COVID. We went in October, November. We came back and January, no, February, March of the next year is when COVID hit. And imagine, yeah. So I, I got myself off oxygen then, although my oxygen attachment to oxygen started way before India, Pakistan. Um, there have been bouts in my life where I've just completely come off oxygen and that was one time and that time I actually flew like we we flew from UK so Birmingham to Delhi Delhi to uh, Punjab to Chandigarh we flew to Chandigarh we took internal flights everywhere um, and I was absolutely fine but when I went to the top of the mountain I couldn't cope so (laughs) That's the thing, though. Say, see, see, if I, even if I've got the fit to fly test, and they say, right, Missy, you can fly, but you need to um, have ox. If you need oxygen on the other side, what happens is <clears throat> I'm going to have to then organise my own oxygen on the other side for whenever I need it. So it's all a ball ache, really. It really is a big ball ache, and uh, my healing is still ongoing, and I'm now really fully, fully all guns are blazing trying to uh get into getting the oxygen off me um reversing the scarring in my lungs uh stopping my adenomyosis so yeah it's still an ongoing progress and we are still making progress i have added on the reflexology which is going great next month i am having acupuncture and she may be doing some kind of flush it's about an hour and a half because a half an hour is a consultation um, today I'm going to have a full body massage and I can't wait. That kind of helps as well. So the healing is still there. The positive affirmations, the EFT, how am I doing it? Not really. Um, but I've got a lot of, um, I would say positive people in my life that, uh, I think sometimes are more healing than actually doing any affirmations or, um, um, the manifestations and 
all that kind of business. Because sometimes I do feel you can overheal yourself. Do you know what I mean? I've been there. I've done that. And it wasn't very pleasant. So I actually still am enjoying the break from having uh, shrinks, uh, having a Cornelius. I do feel a twinge of guilt when every time I think of Cornelius, why am I not going to Cornelius? I don't know. And until I don't get the feeling of, right, I'm going to Cornelius, I'm not going to go. Do you know what I mean? Um, what else do I do? Do I do meditation? No, I don't. Uh, what else do I do? <laughs> I don't. I, I've, what I've learned more uh, I'm doing is this. I am switching um, negatives into positives much more quicker than what I normally would have. Before I would have seeped and steamed in lots of negative thoughts and imagery in my brain when it came, came to myself and situations uh, between family and friends or that kind of thing. You know, so-and-so said this and like, screw you. Blah, 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 blah. And that would be the end of that. And I'd be sitting there going, and this and this and this and this. Now I sit, I think, I breathe. I think about what to say. I think of how this situation can be a positive rather than negative. And I've switched quite a few situations from negative to positive And I've been so proud of myself. So that is the kind of a healing that I am doing at the moment, I guess. I am regularly going to my dates. I go on my dates on myself uh, once a week. And uh, that is thanks to Mina Kumari introducing that into my life. And I didn't think I would continue with it because I thought, well, it's easy. I don't have to report to Mina Kamadi and say, all right, take it off Mina. I've been to my date. She's not like that. She doesn't monitor me or like keep an eye on me. It's, it's up to me if I want to do that. But I really enjoy my date days uh, with myself. And it really does. Uh, it, is, it is an effort. I think I told you on the last podcast, it is an effort to push yourself out because you think, well, it's only me. I'm only going to let myself down. And then you think the other ways like her. Why am I letting myself down? I'm the most important thing in my life. Uh, if I was, if I'd arranged to meet a friend or a sister or something, uh, of course you would go because you didn't want to let that person down because you'd already said, I'll meet you Tuesday, 11 o'clock at this pub or this restaurant or this play or whatever, right? And you, you feel a responsibility um, to that person. So why are you not responsible towards you? Why, why don't you feel responsible towards your well-being and you know, you are just as important. So why are you going to let yourself down? And that kind of pushes me out going, right, you're important as well, Missy. You go, you go, girl, you go to your date. And yesterday I went to my date for the first time to a cinema. I've never been to a cinema in 53 years of my life on my own. And I tell you what, I was a bit jittery uh, and it wasn't, <laughs> I was actually okay until I walked in and the, the girl at the desk she goes, I said, can I have one ticket for Javan, please? Javan is Shah Rukh Khan's new movie. I won't do the film review. It's not worth it. Six out of ten. That's all I need to say. And it weren't it weren't brilliant. But I knew that. But I went out of protest. And I'll tell you why I protested in a minute. OK, so she goes, I goes one ticket for Javan. She goes, uh, so is it just you then? But hello, I've just asked you for one ticket for Javan. Obviously, it's just for me. I was like, yeah, just for me. So that made me think feel a bit like oh okay she obviously doesn't come across many people that buy one ticket for themselves but I thought many people went on their own but maybe obviously not or maybe she was a new person that wasn't used to people buying tickets for themselves and she was like being judgmental and she probably thought gosh little loner that she is she's going to cinema on her own <laughs> 
but uh, it was it was um uh, i hate to use the word empowering because so many people overuse the word empowering but it, i did feel like yeah man because she was like where do you want to sit i was like i want to sit middle middle because if i ever buy middle middle for my mum because uh, my mum is the only person that accompanies me to the cinema bar my sister anu right so they're the people that I go cinema with. Once in a while, I'll go with Daljit and, and the kids. And I did go with my cousin Raj once. Uh, but mostly mum and Anu, right? Or just me and mum, right? And she will start arguing at the desk where we're buying our tickets. Or if I'm ordering it online, or buying it online. I want back seats. I want to sit at the back. I have too much strain on my eyes. I am not sitting at the front of the cinema. I am not sitting in the middle. I don't like those seats. And she goes on and on and on and on. And she always wins because she's just overbearingly overbearing. Uh, and she always gets to win. So <laughs> so this was like middle, middle, please. And I looked around. There was no noise. There was no one chewing my ear off going, I want to sit at the back in the middle and I want to sit right at the back because blah, 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 blah. There was no one to tell me that. It was fantastic. It was so good. And she was like, yes, yes, great. So she got my ticket. And then I went there and there's probably about uh, six couples, six couples max in the cinema. When I walked in, it was just me. Uh, so I literally was middle, middle. And I felt like dancing around the theatre. <laughs> But I thought better not someone might walk in. And I actually was disappointed that people started walking in because I really wanted the theatre to be just mine. <laughs> I think Rocky Sarvant, actually, she, if you go to her Facebook, she on that same day <clears throat> went to see Javan in a theatre. That was all hers. I was like, biatch, that's what I wanted. <laughs> Rocky Sarvant is on another level, isn't she? So is that Urfi. Oh, my God. Let's talk about her another time. So, yeah, so... Uh, and it was one side I put my coat next side I put my popcorn that I bought for, well normally buy from Tesco's but I had a packet in the in the uh in the cupboard so I took my sweet and salty popcorn there's no way in hell I was going to buy the popcorn for 7.99 a cost of living crisis it's ridiculous and uh I took my flask of gin and tonic bearing in mind that this the film started at 11:40 a.m. <laughs> Look, I'm being honest. I didn't have to tell you that bit, right? But I am an honest kind of person. So I associate going to the cinema with having popcorn, sweet and salty. And I used to love the showcase popcorn. It's gone downhill now. I think I like Odeon one better. But it's just overpriced for what it is. One pound from Tesco. In fact, sorry, used to be one pound. Now it's one pound 10p. Everything's just going up and the packet size is going smaller. But I've now learned that you can Google this, by the way, just in case you're judging me and say Missy's taking in food to the cinema. It is not illegal to take food into any cinema in the UK. Google it, honestly, because a lot of people go, oh, my God, you took your food. You can. The only thing you can't take is hot, smelly food. So you can't take a macadese in there or, or your chicken gutty or some pakore uh, because it's going to smell out the cinema. But it's, if you take sensible, normal, snacky food, it's not illegal. You can take in your own drinks as well okay okay you're probably not allowed to take alcohol but they're not going to check my flask are they it's just like a water flask and because my oxygen is in a rucksack i put the flask right at the bottom and they would never in a million years ask me to empty out my rucksack so yeah i always get away with taking that because right listen i, I associate going to the cinema with having a couple of glasses of wine and popcorn and if i don't take it i'm gonna buy it okay 
And if I'm going to buy it, it's going to cost me £7 a pop. Between 7 and 9 I think. I think 7 is a small one, 9 is a large one. I mean, that's extortionate. That's one glass of wine from the bar at Showcase Cinema. When there's a Tesco right next to Showcase, I can go there and I can buy a bottle, a bottle of wine for £7. In fact, I can buy a bottle £6 with my club card. Do you know what I mean? And that's how many glasses? That's probably about three glasses. So me buying two glasses of wine would cost me between 14 to 16 quid, which is extortionate. Plus, if I'd bought popcorn of their popcorn, it'd be about £6.50, £7 for the big one. So then you're looking at uh, 23.50, something like that. Plus my ticket, £33 to see Javan. Shah Rukh Khan, I love you a lot, but I don't love you that much. In fact, I don't love you. I used to love Shah Rukh Khan. I did. Shah Rukh Khan, I thought he was a great actor when he first started. I think he's lost the plot a little bit. He's the same kind of acting yesterday. And I'm like, right, you tried. You did try, mate. You tried. And there was a bit of a avatar that he came out with. And his acting was still good. But there was these underlaced, underlying, typical Shah Rukh Khan, which it's him, I guess. That's him, isn't it? That's That's his trait. Like, I obviously might try and be different avatars at some point but there's the underlying missy or ritu in everything it's a bit of a random podcast this one isn't it <laughs> i did start this this one thinking today i want to talk about healing cults because i've had a lot of conversations about healing healing just healing itself and babas that can heal you and then conversations about the church uh, healing as well you know like you go to catholic churches or a lot of what do you call it evangelical churches something like that especially when you when you got the big black communities and they go hallelujah praise the lord the lord is going to heal you everyone put your hands in the air and just say hallelujah amen to jesus and you and uh, the the guy at the front what do you call it the pastor the pastor puts the hand on this person's head and like you are now healed in the name of jesus praise be to the lord come out of this person whoever you are just come out <laughs> you know you didn't get my drift so those are cults right and uh and uh even because i was i was having very com- uh, interesting conversations uh, on my weekend away and uh, loads of other people and because my healing comes up a lot um in fact a cousin of mine thinks it's a cult as well what i've been doing um and i sometimes it does border on in my head thinking maybe it is you know all this eft stuff that i'm doing and all these thousands and thousands of people that this one person has captured at the top of the cherry tree um, has kind of warped their minds a little bit, I think, because they kind of capture you in, right? They capture you in and then they get you to, you know, take part in course number one. Now you take part in course number one and then somehow, somewhere, you're made to feel like you need course number two. And once you're done course number two, you think, oh, Ah, now she's going to offer me course number three for the price of chips. It's going to be like 20 quid extra if I do course number three. So you do course number three. And then there's like this special offset thing that will really work with course number one, course number two and course number three. And I need to do that. And then what happens is everyone gets entwined in each other's lives and it all becomes one big kind of cult. And then you're sucked in for life and then... At the end of it, you feel like you have to be with. Well, actually, you don't feel like you have to be with this this 
company, this cult uh, for life. You don't feel like it, but you're made you're 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 made aware that you need to be with this 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 group that you are in for life. Because if you're not in it, then you are going to lose the benefits of this, this, this. And you need to check in every single year. Uh, otherwise, you will lose your license to practice whatever you've just learnt. So if you don't, don't, you tell me, is that a cult? Is that manipulating someone's mind, making them feel like if I'm not in it, then I won't win it? Do you know what I mean? So I was trying to be very careful about how I worded all of that. And I think I managed to do that. Because see, this is the new mindful me of being able to convey something uh, without being offending other people. And without, uh, what's that thing when you defame them? defamation yeah I don't think I've defamed anyone right now or there's another word for it isn't there but yeah so and that it's just not that it's just not like I mean yeah so my cousin profusely thinks that I think that's the right word I don't think it is but um that I'm part of a cult and he's like blingy be careful (laughs) I'm like okay it's not a cult man it's like it is because they got sucked in but you know I have to hand our heart say I'm so proud of myself because I came out of that hashtag cult and I think that's why I so much don't practice what I learned because it has those kind of cult connotations which I shouldn't have because on the outside of that little bubble uh, the practice that I that I've learned is you know being practiced all across the globe so I just need to maybe uh, work on that uh, for myself you see I told you this was random did I even get to why <laughs> yeah I did get to the Amsterdam thing didn't I <laughs> oh no yes yeah, so the original plan was to go Amsterdam and so that's the reason we didn't go because it was just too hard so this is how your besties like your bestie because it was my bestie's birthday but whose interest did she have at heart she had my interest at heart well you know missy can't fly missy can't go to amsterdam so let's change this whole entire weekend so it works for missy how nice is that that's the kind of people that i have in my life and i love the fact that the universe has sent me amazing people like that she's been in my life for god how many years 40 i've told you 43 42 years 42 years man so it's amazing and we're the kind of besties that don't speak every day don't speak every week don't even see to them maybe you know every couple of months or whatever but we always got her back so I was so I was I felt just like wow you know she's changed all of her plans because of me and um, then we we decided to go to Scotland uh, so I could then take the oxygen with me you see and then we decided well by the time we get to Scotland and back if you go on a Friday come back on a Sunday really you're spending all the Friday driving all the Sunday driving you just got Saturday and you're going to be knackered so we went to Shrewsbury, which was perfect because it took like one hour, 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm laughing because I keep thinking about this weekend. I I didn't know what to expect yet. But I do know that that um, Jeevan, which is my best mate's son. So Isha and Jeevan are her son and daughter who call me mum number two. So I call them son and daughter too. Confuses the fuck out of people when I talk about them like publicly or on Facebook or something like, you know, this is my son. I'm like, eh, you're not married, Missy. Uh, when I was a school teacher and uh, my kids, uh, my not my kids, but the school kids would say, Miss, have you got children? Have you got any children? And I'd be like, no, I'm not married. And they were like, uh, you don't need to be married to have kids. <laughs> but Asian straight away, oh, how she got kids? She's not married. <laughs> 
so confusing but anyway going back to Jeeves he decided that everyone was going to go canoeing or paddle boarding I was like I am not going either paddle boarding or canoeing if you've got a yacht or a speedboat I would then attempt to come with you or you know like those tourist boats where you pay a fiver and you lick your ice cream <laughs> that's the kind of boat I'd go on I'm not going on a bloody paddle board are you crazy canoe durende <laughs> durende means leave it out for those people that can't understand Punjabi right uh, I'm a good translator aren't I but I've said it every single time. There are not just Asian people listening to this podcast. We have non-Asians listening too, which is I'm very proud of that fact that I have a multicultural audience listening to the, the Journal of Missy D 3.0. So, <clears throat> Saturday morning, the, uh, Isha Jeeves and uh, Sat, they're ready for the canoeing. Uh, J- uh, Julia was supposed to go. Julia just didn't get out of the shower in time. And Jits, me and Jits were sleeping in the same room. So there was me, Jits in one room. Um, and then there were three other bedrooms and there were eight of us. Said there was two to a bedroom. <laughs> Although Sat decided not to sleep with her sister, Mandy, because she snores. So she was on the sofa just outside our bedroom. <laughs> so, uh, so Jits was next to me and a mo- uh, daughter rum- comes in, Isha. Mom, mom, are you not going canoeing? She goes, oh, no, do you guys go? No, no, but I want to, <laughs> I want to canoe with you. Like you said, you were going to go canoeing. I want to go in the same canoe as you. We got to do this. And then poor old Jits got up and got ready in like 10 minutes. Just literally <laughs> washed her face, did a shit and off she went. Didn't have a shower. Showered when she came back. <laughs> uh-huh. And then they took ages. So there's Jane, Julia, me and Mandy at the house. The rest are all gone. And uh, they were taking ages. They should have been back within like an hour and a half or something. But they'd been like three hours um uh, at one point i think it was about 11 45 i was like no this is not this is not normal uh, i think Dalgit's drowned <laughs> and when we when they walked in around half 12 quarter one <laughs> satvir and Dalgit were dribbling <laughs> with water seaweed everywhere <laughs> and uh, she was like uh, the canoe wobbled because she, she tried to go under a tree while well, the canoe went under the tree, Satvid ducked and then it was Jits's turn. She ducked, but uh, she kind of ducked so hard that it wobbled the canoe and the capsized and she went in and she, oh, <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> she was hyperventilating in the lot. But when I goes, Jits, I swear to God, I tell you, I can tell the future all the time. Or I'm like a claircognizant. Someone's called me that before in the past. Yeah, I can predict stuff. And I was like around half 11 going, Dow just drowned. <laughs> And I see I predicted it and it happened. <laughs> oh, my God. It was just a crazy weekend. And that night then we did karaoke. We played beer ping pong, which was really good. We played. <laughs> we played. Oh, gosh. Uh, this is get this game. Oh, what's it called? Um, you probably know. Uh, 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 God, I can't remember it now. It was called. Oh, I can't remember. But it's about cards and you have to explain like the color of where you land there's questions so you had to explain you had something and you, and you had to explain to your partner and then they had to uh, you can describe the thing but you can't say the word do you know what i mean so like if you say banana you can say something like long and um long uh, not long like 
something that looks like a smile and is yellow and you eat it and then your partner would say banana so you get a point and you you're timed um <laughs> uh, oh god i can't remember the name of the game i gotta buy one actually for christmas it was fantastic so <laughs> i i was teamed up with uh, julia <laughs> and she she goes it's a safe place and i was like jail <laughs> everyone was in stitches honestly and it was actually uh, uh, i said what was it and i can't remember what she said now sanctuary a safe place sanctuary i was like what the? <laughs> i would put a sanctuary with something to do with a spa anyway it, oh god it's in the tip of my tongue what the game was called but i'm sure you're probably shouting at the podcast right now going it's called this game but oh my god it was so brilliant and there was one point on the weekend that i haven't laughed so hard that i fell off my chair laughing (laughs) and uh then we did a rendition of year and mandy was doing all the motorbike actions behind me it was a very very eventful weekend and i'd love to do it again actually but the next day oh my lungs they suffered they suffered so bad uh, because I had been laughing so much, singing so much and just speaking at the top of my voice for so many hours that the next day I was like, oh, I don't feel well. <laughs> and then I came home, got myself on the machine and went to bed really, really early. But yeah, so that, that it started off about talking about the weekend and I've kind of ended it on the on the weekend there. So I had a lot more that I was going to share with you on this podcast, but I think I've kind of come to the end of it by waffling through it and chatting shit. But I guess that was a bit of a snippet of all different things of of, of my life. So um, I want to also thank you guys for always being in contact on the social media. Um, just because I don't mention you, I should actually do a mention thing again. Uh, you really loved it. One podcast, I remember, I did all the mentions of various people and you were like, oh my God, you mentioned me. So yeah, yeah, and I shall be uh, uh, bringing Double Trouble back to you in a couple of weeks as well. So what else was I going to say? There was something else, but I completely, completely forgot. Oh, well. So I'm going to have to, I guess, love you and leave you. It's been a bit of a hodgepodge mixed pot of uh, this, that and the other. (laughs) A bit reminiscent of my life, but I guess it still gives you an input, not input, an insight into the life of Missy D. And I guess what uh, I, I, these podcasts are about, about you having an insight into my life, you uh, following me on my healing journey. Can I be honest? I actually, uh, a week ago, was about to give up on the podcasts. I thought, well, uh, I'm inputting a lot of time into the podcast. It takes, and obviously it takes the amount of time that it does to record it. Like this is 40 minutes at the moment, but it's probably going to go into 45 minutes in a minute. In a minute. <laughs> and sometimes I'll record it and then think, nah, that's shit. I'll do it again and I'll do it again and I'll do it again. Sometimes it can take me three to four times to do a podcast that I'm satisfied with. Uh, and that takes time. And then you've got to edit it. You've got to edit the podcast and not edit out bits. It's just like coughs and splutters and me sniffing and that kind of thing, cleaning it up. Then you've got to do the production, which is adding the music. Uh, and then you've got to do the promos, which is those little video snippets that I put up on social media. So for that, you need to get the snippets. You need to then add the snippets to a video. Then you need to obviously take time to put it on, on social media. Then you've got to upload the actual audio of the podcast on the back of Podbean. 
and write up on the website and stuff like that. So then it all then gets thrown out to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Amazon and all that shit um, itself. So it's not like an easy feat to do and it does take time. So, but then I spoke to a friend of mine and she was like, well, isn't that what it's all about? Your podcast is supposed to be about you and this is for you. So, you know, although this podcast hasn't gone viral and I don't have millions of listeners, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I've got like 10 million listeners listening weekly. I don't. I have a good fair average amount of people listening. And the, the nicest thing for me is I have a loyal, a loyal regular set of listeners that come back every single week and always report back on what they think, which really, um, really fires me up to do the next one. And this person said, like, you know, even if you're helping in the whole of the podcast that you've done, which is, I don't know, is this episode 23 or 24 or something like that, which I started back in March. If you have kind of helped someone in some capacity somewhere, then your job is done. And, you know, you if you give up, then you're giving out the signal to others to give up too. So um, so I just wanted to let you know that also I, I, I'm human and did almost give up this podcast, which is typical me. Typical me is start something, go all guns are blazing. And then after a while, it kind of fizzles out. I've got so much stuff that I could show you that I've bought. And I'm like, yeah, going to do this. I've got, you know, kettlebells downstairs. I've got weights downstairs that even Jits even gave me. I bought that. Remember that hula hoop I bought with the whole weight thing? Yep. Bought the hula hoop. I, I've got, um, I bought a yoga mat because I was doing trauma yoga, not trauma yoga, something like that. It was called the something witch, something to do with trauma. So I, it, I took ages trying to find the best yoga mat that lasted about four weeks. I have, um, this mat that has nails on it. Oh my God, well, I forgot what it's called now. That's, you know, supposed to be good for your circulation. I had that and that lasted about three months. And my sister in America would love probably to come on a podcast one day and obliterate me. She loves obliterating me. She loves gunning me down and um, and, and saying really not very nice things about me and uh, likes to remind me of all the shit that I said I'm going to do and it didn't continue with it and likes to remind me that I'm just not very good <laughs> at anything. So maybe I should get her on a podcast one day and she will tell you everything because sometimes I can't even remember uh, the kind of stuff that I've gone down. But I always, I think the only one thing that I ever kept going was my radio, which lasted years and years, decades actually. Um, what else? The the singing. I mean, uh, the uh, um, singing to heal my lungs has kind of carried on, although it's kind of slowed down recently. So I need to get back on that. So, yeah. So I guess... In the words of my mother, never give up and never give in. And thank you to the friend that kind of made me see sense that, you know, uh, you just got to keep going on with how you started and inspire others with your healing, with your journey, with your life. Because I don't really think I'm any kind of inspiration. I'm just having said that made my antenna go up because Mina Gamari told me off last week and says you there's a lot of negative chatter that comes out of you, Missy. I was like, really? And she's like, yes, you're always berating yourself and you're always putting yourself down and you need to stop being so negative. And I thought I'd nip that in the bud, but obviously I haven't. So there you go. That's a lot of, still a lot of work for me to do. 
uh, healing doesn't hasn't got a shelf life. Healing is ongoing for life and it really fucking is hard, man. I'm telling you. And sometimes it gets boring and sometimes you're like, fuck's sake, is there nothing more to life than bloody healing yourself? Uh, but sometimes in desperation mode, you do anything, I guess, and you are willing to do anything uh, to make your life better. So on that note, <laughs> I will see your ass next week on the podcast of Missy D 3.0. Thank you for listening. Missy D. 